0: Welcome to So You Can Grow, a podcast for entrepreneurs, where we confront the sacred cows of business, share our insights, and talk to insightful guests, all with the goal of helping you grow and prosper.
1: Welcome to the So You Can Grow podcast. I'm Andrew Smith, one of your hosts. Joined today as usual and as always with Lucas Mitchell. Lucas, how are you doing today, bud?
0: Good. How are you, Andrew?
1: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Excited to be doing this. As anybody that's listening knows, this is our very first episode. Uh, so I want to give a big shout out to anybody who's listening. Really appreciate your support, and hopefully you can share it with some friends. Um, before we jump into the episode, which we're going to be talking about an unemotional approach to problem solving today, I wanted to give a chance to Lucas and myself to you know talk to the, the listeners, let them know who we are, uh, and then why we wanted to start this podcast. So I'll kick it to you, Lucas, and uh, tell us a little bit about you and your background and uh, what you bring to the table.
0: Cool. Thanks, Andrew. I'm super excited to do this. We've never, I've never hosted a podcast before. I've been on plenty, um, but this is a lot of fun to kind of think about what you know we think people could need and and just talk about our experiences and and just share information openly in and in a way that's easy to consume and easy to digest for a lot of people. <clears throat> um, so yeah, I've always been an entrepreneur based in my whole life. And you know, I was the kid mowing lawns when I was nine. Um, my mom always tells a story about the time she got a call from one of the neighbor ladies. I was cutting her lawn and, uh, the neighbor lady had called her because I came to her, her door to ask for a pair of scissors. Cause I had one little tiny strip of grass left across the whole yard. And, uh, And my lawnmower ran out of gas. And I didn't want to go all the way back and get gas for the lawnmower. So I went and asked her if she had a pair of scissors so I could finish the job. So that's kind of like just a little bit of insight into who I've always been. Um, You know, always always been kind of hustling. Lost my entrepreneurial grit, I guess, a little bit when I was in uh, high school and and into college. Um, And yeah, freshman year of college, I, I got it back when I realized College wasn't for me. So I basically was like, Yeah, I think if I was an entrepreneur, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm not called to go to school, get a job and, and be a career man. And so started a website design company with my brother. Um and after that, you know, started working in restaurants, was dabbling in some real estate at the time, and realized that I could do business the same way people were doing real estate, essentially, you know, using other people's money. Uh, financing acquisitions, improving the business, refinancing, repeating the process. And so I did that and I built now, um, I'm, a, I'm in the franchise space. So I have franchise restaurants and have a company with over 500 employees in multiple States and then started Nourish. And so as a way to help other entrepreneurs uh, free themselves from the grasp of their business and um, you know, share content openly with people and help them understand how they can have a business that works for them. And so they can pursue passions and things that that bring them a lot of joy. And yes, I'm excited to be doing it in this format. This is kind of what we've been working towards. I view the podcast as kind of like the best way to, to get a lot of this information out there. I'm just super excited to start sharing.
1: Yeah. Thanks for that intro, Lucas. Um, you know, we've been working together for it's over three years now. Uh, and so it's been a real journey for me coming in, uh, being almost the opposite of you being a career kind of W2 person working at, you know, larger organizations, uh, working at some smaller shops and then being in a bunch of different career fields. So I think we, uh, can be a great kind of, you know, duo here with your experience, um, you know, on the ground and, you know, um, restaurants and and running businesses and things like that uh and then also my pathway that brought me here to nourish and so which we we started uh, um you know a little bit over three years ago uh, and kind of bringing that w2 prior experience but now really digging into the entrepreneurial space and being really excited and uh, grateful for the opportunity that every day brings for us to do some some great stuff with our our company and then also for others um, so for those of you that don't know, uh, you know, we're doing this podcast through our business or, and, and kind of as as that launching pad for um, the So You Can Grow podcast, our business is Nourish and So. Um, and so it is a um, an agency that helps, like Lucas said, entrepreneurs scale through people, process, and technology. And so that'll be kind of the through line of what we're doing, but we're also going to be bringing in um, a lot of people that we know through our work and through other uh, avenues in the entrepreneur space to be able to talk. Um, So we'll be alternating these types of discussions with guests. um, And so really hoping that we can really uh, provide a lot of value to the community um, that we reach. So excited. All right. So episode one, we're talking about an unemotional approach to problem solving. Um, So one of the reasons we chose this topic is because if you're running a business, there is one a 1,000% 1, chance that you're going to have a problem somewhere along the way. And so uh me coming in into Nourish and So learning a lot from Lucas, I'm a highly emotional person sometimes. And so, you know, we were running into these little bumps and hurdles along the way. And I'm just like, oh, I want to do this. I want to, oh man, you know, you're just getting really fired up. And Lucas, I've learned a lot from you over the years. On taking an unemotional approach, so I want to, you know, let you talk about how that you've developed that kind of, and then we'll get into the specifics and give people a real um, kind of step-by-step guide to to getting through that.
0: Yeah, I mean, what's interesting, Andrew, is I'm actually a highly emotional person too. You know, you look at my DISC profile; I'm I'm super high I, super high D, and I think I've just had experiences. You know, I I've, I've said this a couple times other places, but basically, like if you get kicked in the teeth enough times and you reflect when you, when that happens, you kind of learn like why it got to be so bad or why it was. And what I realized over time is just like, I was actually making things a lot worse than they needed to be. I can remember like one time I was, I was probably 20 just, just an insight into how I am as an emotional person. I was probably 20 years old and now I had to have been 22, 23 anyway. I had, you know, I had a high paying job in the restaurant space. I earned all my bonuses like I was just crushing it and I was spending all my money and I had poor credit from college. I had like when I was in school, I didn't pay some credit cards, didn't really know like what I was doing with money. And so my credit was really bad and I went out and bought a new car and had it financed and like basically what ended up happening was I hated my job. And I can remember like going on a walk with my mom and just like breaking down and being like, Mom, I've packed myself in a corner. Like, I need this income now to support this lifestyle I've created. Um, and it was just like this huge thing, right? But that was one of those moments for me where it's like, Well, how did I get here? And a moment of reflection. And also, just a little insight for the audience like, that was a big problem for me that I was facing. And at that time, I had not matured emotionally enough to be able to like say, Okay, well, how can I get out of this situation? It was more like, It was just that response to the emotion. And so that's honestly my default state is like big problem, run and hide, cry, whatever. Like that's, that's honestly who I am in a natural state. What I've learned to do over time is take, like, listen to that initial emotion and feel it and process it without like letting it impact my decision-making ability without like letting it impact how I do things going forward or how like my behavior essentially. And so it's just interesting you say that because that's honestly who I am too. But over time and especially getting into business, like if I reacted, what I started to realize was like, if I reacted the way my brain and body wanted me to react every time Mm -hmm. there was a problem, like I would literally like curl up in bed, like a hermit all day and never leave. Like, I just like, that's just not obviously like I can't live my life that way. So i I learned to master my emotions and and when I say master it doesn't mean suppress like it doesn't mean not feel what it means is utilize those emotions in a healthy way feel them understand how they what they're trying to tell you and then like how you can make a decision to go forward.
1: Yeah. And when we were talking about this this, this topic prior to you used the term just now but step 1 is really emotional mastery right in order to make a decision within your business or really any kind of decision that is potentially highly emotional, you need to be able to, like you saying, process it, but then understand, you know, what that next step can be after that those emotions are felt. So you you were talking to me a little bit prior to this about how you were able to get some training on that, on that emotional mastery. So two things that we talked about were, were coaching and then obviously putting that into practice once you receive that
0: coaching. Yeah. So, you know, in, in practice, first off, working with a coach, like couldn't recommend it more. Everyone, if you're an, if you're an entrepreneur and you're not in coaching, that doesn't mean all the time. Like I'm, I'm, I don't have a coach right now. I'm kind of like on a little break, um, doing some, some other stuff. But most of the time I have coaches for various things. And I'd say, if you're an entrepreneur, you should have a coach. And when you're having these big, like, you know, backing up a step, like when I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs and I hear about how their business is going, I can tell right away in the language they're using how they react to problems. Like, if someone's coming to me and their business always feels like a problem, I know right away it's because they're allowing their emotions to make their business a problem. It's not actually true that their business is 100% a problem, it's just they can't see how to fix it because they're blinded by these emotions. So, what a coach does is a coach kind of helps you like kind of part the, like break up the clouds a little bit so you can see that really there are answers to the problems you're facing the coach might not know what the answers are but like they can at least help you see that like your reaction to those problems is probably making it worse and there is a way out you're just maybe gonna have to get creative you're gonna have to think through it you're gonna have to like allow yourself to feel processed and move on from those emotions so you can start to move forward so coaching is definitely a big way And then secondly, is just like, try to live it in your daily life. You know, we all have circumstances in small ways. We all have circumstances. If you're married, have a partner, kids, even if you don't, maybe you're in school, deal with professors, whatever those things are, we all have situations in our daily lives that cause us to have some emotional triggers, right? We get a bad grade on test or, you know, the kid wakes up five times in the night, nobody sleeps we're all tired in the morning, whatever those things are like, and then you the know, second kid uh, throws like a piece of cake at the dog and the dog's like smashing cake all over the wall. Like, let's just come up with something like totally absurd. Right. Cause it happens to all of us, like stuff like that. Right. And, and yeah. you're already tired and you're like super frustrated and you just can't understand why your kid did that. Whatever those things are, like use those as points of the day to practice. So instead of like my initial reaction, I would be like wanting to like, Scream at the kid, right? Like I'm frustrated. I'm tired. I didn't sleep. It's all their fault. Blah 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 blah. Instead of doing that, it's like take a breath. All right. Like, if I respond to this in that way, is it going to help things? Is it going to make things worse? How can I actually make things better? Maybe I'm not going to feel great still. Maybe I'm still going to be tired. But like this, if I do it this way, it's going to escalate the problem. Versus if I, you know, take a breath, slow down try to understand why the kid did what they did, you know, put the dog in the crate or wherever to like prevent further damage to the house. And, you know, then I can process through what the steps are. I can do to avoid it getting worse. And so if you start practicing it in little ways, just in your daily life when stuff like that happens, then when something bad in your business happens, you'll be able to process it the same way and and kind of start to see through those clouds by yourself.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great way to kind of paint a picture of what those little situations are and, you know, they, they happen all the time. Right. And so sometimes in business, it seems separate from your life, but really, as we know, as entrepreneurs, very rarely does that happen. Right. It's kind of all one thing, um, a lot of the time. So there's two terms that you're probably going to use as we get into this, um, start talking about like the process of repairing or the process of getting to the end point of that decision. Um, once you're clear of the emotions, so I want you to explain what you would, when you say logic, what that means and then intuition and then how we can take those pieces forward into, you know, the solution uh, process.
0: Sure. Backing up just a little bit, like I want to make sure it's clear why this topic's important, right? Cause mm-hmm. For the listeners, this isn't going to be something we talk about every week. Sometimes we're going to bring in guests and it's going to be super tactical business execution strategy, how people did what they did, whatever. This topic is kind of an important way to kick it off because I feel like if you get into business and you can't do this, you shouldn't be in business. <laughs> because it's, you're just like, problems just compound when we don't have this skill set. And so that, that's why it's so important. Um, you know, you want to use the topic of logic and intuition. It's like those, I guess, without defining them, and maybe I'll you know, I think most of you will know what logic is. I'll kind of talk about what I feel like is intuition in a second. Like without defining them, I feel like you can't utilize those two things if you're responding emotionally, whether positive or negative. So like I can't logically process what are the steps to avoid my dog destroying the rest of the house. If I'm responding emotionally by screaming at my kid, cause I'm upset with them. Right. Then the dog's still running around the house, making messes everywhere. And the problem just continues to get worse and worse and worse. Um, so I can't listen to what my heart, my mind, my body is telling me if I'm kind of in that cloud, in that fog, I think fog is the way a lot of people like refer to that feeling of like not knowing what to do. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so I can't do that if I'm responding emotionally intuition is where your body's telling you what to do like you're it's a feeling inside of you like people call it gut feeling whatever maybe it's in your head i don't necessarily feel it in my gut i just kind of like have a sense that something is the right decision you also can't hear that or feel that if you're in this cloud of emotional response and so that's why it's important to slow down, take a breath, and then think through logically, like, what are the next steps I can do to prevent this problem from getting worse? I can't change that this happened. All I can do is the next right thing, right? Next right thing, next right thing, next right thing. You just one move after another. And so you got to slow down, clear the clouds. And then you can use logic. If you're an overly logical person, sometimes you have to use feeling. Like sometimes you really gotta got to try to dig deep and feel whatever it is that your body's trying to tell you. Um, but then you can use those two skill sets to make a sound decision. And I think it's an equal balance of both.
1: Yeah. One of the topics that we were, we were talking about, or one of the pieces of this talk we were talking about was, um, where people can get a lot of noise coming in, especially in the business space, uh, where they, they've got all these books on how to do this and how to do that. Um, and there's a lot of oversaturation or overstimulation, um, And so, talk to me a little bit about that some stuff that either you've experienced or that you've seen where you feel like you get past the emotion, but then there's still some more clouds because there's just too much information that you've consumed or are consuming to kind of solve this problem or problems.
0: Yeah. I mean, I recently did like an Instagram clip, right? Which some people might have viewed as controversial or as like stop reading business books and you want to scale your business, basically. Um, And the reason for that is like, and that's coming from somebody who's like, I could show you my shelf. I probably read over a hundred business books at least. And then also self-improvement books, uh, personal development books. And I've read a bunch of blogs. Like I've definitely been a consumer of all that content. And I think there are ways that's benefited me. The problem is a lot of times we stop trusting ourselves. I think that's where intuition gets lost. Mm -hmm. So we're over analyzing the logic piece or like over consuming the logic piece of like this, what so-and-so did and this is the step-by-step process and this is how you do it. And then when our intuition is telling us something different, we don't trust ourselves. And business is not a do it one way and you win game. You have to be adaptable. You have to be flexible. You have to be willing to change as things change, circumstances change. And so if you're not like in that state of being able to trust yourself, like, hey, I was following this playbook, but something doesn't feel right because, well, there's multiple reasons that overconsumption is bad, which we'll get into a few more. But like, if you're not doing that, Like if you're not able to trust your intuition, then you won't know when to pivot and you won't know when to listen to yourself. And that can end up causing a lot of problems. Another reason why that's bad is because it leads to a lot of inaction. Like, and it's even compounded. it's it's way worse now than it used to be because not only do we have the books, but we get bite-sized pieces of content all over social media without any context, right? We get 30 second clips of somebody saying like, this is what to do. And you don't know any context about who they are, what their story is, what their resources were, where they live, where they did it at, blah, blah, blah. Like there's so many missing pieces, right? And so our brain can't process all this information when it comes time for us to do something. So we sit in an action. Really like 90% in my experience, like 90% I feel like of the content in most business books is all the same. It's a lot of fluff, a lot of the same stuff that you you've already read in one book with like maybe 10% that's new and different maybe in some books are more like there are definitely some good ones that take a different approach to it but I feel like once you've read one you've read 90% of all of them so what I'd encourage is like if you have a problem in your business go seeking the answer to the problem as opposed to continuing to consume entire books and that might mean you pick up a business book but you only read two chapters of it You know, the two chapters that specifically talk about the problem you're dealing with and, you know, get a little bit of feedback from outside world and, you know, your peers and people who have done it and then make it a decision based on that new knowledge and your intuition. And I think that's a nice balance of logic and intuition.
1: Yeah, that's definitely been you know something that we've seen. Obviously in ourselves and then also in, in the folks that we've worked with before where everybody's got an idea or somebody's done this first and it's like, okay, well, like, what's the best thing for your business and your situation and how do we, you know, kind of uncover what that is. Uh And so it's definitely, you know, it's great that there's a lot of information out there, but there's the opportunity to, to overconsume. Uh, which then kind of puts you puts you behind or leads to inaction. So I think you laid that out really nicely.
0: Yeah, and I'm like I'm gonna use our platform really quick because I don't always do this on other people's platforms. But you've heard me say this, Andrew, in private. Like mm-hmm. when I go onto other people's platforms to speak to like people who want to be entrepreneurs or people who are trying to become entrepreneurs or real estate investors or whatever, I always ask a series of questions beforehand. It's like, how far are they in their journey? Have they? Do mm-hmm. they own a business? Have they bought real estate? Like whatever, because like, it's very, honestly, I'll use the word frustrating, like for me to go into a group and tell people like, I don't like to to push content onto people that are not ready for that content. So, and, and the reason for that is I don't want you stuck. Like if you've never ran a business for don't have a business, haven't bought a piece of real estate, and that's what you're trying to do. And I'm teaching you about how to implement Hiring processes and systems in your business to free yourself from your business that you don't have it dis distracts your mind from what you should be doing, which is that first step get in the game, you know whatever that is like start start selling your product on Etsy if it's as simple as that, or like you know like start doing something to get into the game if you're not in the game like you and and so many people have I've talked to them and they've read like fifty sixty books. And they're still spinning on like getting whatever it is they're trying to do to market. And it's like, you haven't done the first thing yet. And you're already thinking like a hundred steps ahead. And that's not to Mm -hmm. say it's not important to have a big vision for what you want, but you're never going to do that without doing the first steps. And so over-consuming content can lead to that spinning and lack of, lack of action.
1: Yeah. Yeah. One of the areas that we talk about a lot when we're, you know, obviously, people that are listening, understand that we're very transparent with each other about what our challenges are and what we're facing. And when one of us needs mostly maybe like, because I'm bounding my head against the wall, trying to figure this out, you know, what do you think? But one of the big keys for me um, has been continuing to focus on the desired outcome. So a lot of times the solution is not just, oh, we do this differently. And then the problem is solved, right? It's multi-steps. It's days, weeks, months, trying to figure out whatever this problem is. And so along the way, you do step one, step two, step three, but you get to step four and you lose focus on that desired outcome, right? So I think what we, I feel like we do a really good job of is focusing on the outcome along the way at every step and just saying it out loud, whatever it is, right? Hey, we want this contract to be this way. Or, you know, if we had a challenge with somebody, we could say like, there's a counter offer and now we have to think about how does that counter offer get us to the desired outcome. Right. So talk to me a little bit about that, because I think that's something that, you know, can really get lost. um, Once people start going down a path and they just forget what direction they're going, they're just trying to like eliminate the problem, but not really focusing on the ultimate outcome.
0: Well, I mean, we're talking about emotional mastery a little bit here, right? And this is what happens Mm -hmm. when you don't know how to master your emotions is I have set in my head a way this is going to work and when it doesn't work, I get frustrated and therefore I respond in a way that doesn't get me what I want. So like using the example, like you had an example of like a contract, right? That like we put out a contract we bid on or like we put together a proposal. We know exactly how we were going to do it. We know exactly what the client needed, whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. Right. We put that contract out there and we have an expectation. Now, when the client comes back and says, "Hey, guys, that doesn't work for me for whatever numerous reasons, we have a decision to make at that point, right? Our desired outcome is we want to help the client, and at the same time, we want to make money for our business to continue to grow our business, have our employees grow, hire mm-hmm. new employees, whatever those those objectives of our business are right and so if we got that contract back and I said, and I got like or you got angry because it's like." this guy doesn't understand the value or he's, you know, nickel and diamond us or whatever million things people say. Right? right. I think we've heard all of those. Then instead of saying, okay, well, what's a way we can make this work that gets us both what we want. We shut down and stay in our like anger and frustration that we can't move forward and we can't get what we want. And, and either can the client, which is ultimately the goal that doesn't mean every situation is going to work out perfectly, right? Part of what we want is to work with really good clients who value what we do. So there is a point at which we prioritize that over getting a signed contract. But, you know, assuming the client's being reasonable, which we cannot tell unless we step back from our emotions and like mm-hmm. really look at their from their perspective and through their lens, then... We don't have a way to make a decision to go forward. And so then we either get stuck in a spin, we lose a client, whatever, as opposed to, to the opposite. So I think that's kind of, you know, where a lot of people also get stuck. It could be with, you know, negotiations. It could also be with you hire this great new manager to run your retail location. And the first day at work, they walk out and you're back stuck running your retail location. It's like, okay, you could be frustrated and angry. Um... And you know that's probably justified. Like that's that's not a good thing. People shouldn't do that to people. Like I agree mm-hmm. with that, right? Like, but it doesn't change the fact that they did it. So you can show up positive to with the rest of your employees, and you know try to ex- help them understand what the plan is to prevent this from happening in the future, and how you want to get the right leader. And it's a good thing that that person left because they clearly weren't the right leader. And then you can learn from your hiring process the mistakes you made and go out and hire somebody better to fill the job. You can't do any of those things if you get stuck in, woe is me, this person took advantage of me. They I thought I had this all figured out and now it's not working out the way I wanted it to, and whatever else. Right? Now now you're then you're just gonna be stuck.
1: Yeah, it's definitely, you know, part of that part of that process is like the continuous Emotional mastery and continuous focus on the desired outcome. We've been kind of beating around this a little bit here, but I wanted to give you a chance uh, and us a chance to talk about kind of the negative and the positive emotions. I think a lot of times people think um, a lot of uh, problem solving or a lot of challenges come from negative emotions, but there's also, you know, positive emotions that can cloud our judgment. Um, So, You know, want to hear from you just a couple of examples and and maybe talk about that, what you've seen in your experience.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe not what I've seen, but what I think a lot of people have seen. You know, how many people have gotten into bad business deals or bad real estate deals because they thought it was going to be this amazing thing and they didn't, you know, see things that they would have seen had they had a a neutral mindset when Mm -hmm. looking at it. It's okay to be optimistic. I'm an optimist. By nature, like typically I always look at the bright side of things. Um, but at the same time, I have to be aware that like. If I always lean on that positive emotion and I, I miss. Let me think about the best way to say this, like I misinterpret that as intuition. Then I can make bad decisions, right? So like, let's say I'm making a business deal to buy some business. That's kind of what I do. So it's a very easy thing for me to talk about. Let's say I'm making a business deal to buy some business and I run the preliminary numbers, very surface level, you know, back a napkin. And I'm like, man, this thing's going to make us a ton of money. And it's going to be great for our family. And it's going to be easy to bring on because it's the same thing we already do and whatever else. And I am just like everything about the deal at the very surface is just perfect. And so I'm like super jazzed. I'm like, okay, great. We're going to go. I know this is what my offer should be and we're going to go in and offer it, but I'm still so attached to the outcome of what my expectation of that deal is going to be that when I put in my final best offer that I know is the top level of what I can pay and still make the deal a good one. And the seller comes back and says, no, it doesn't work for me. I need an extra whatever amount of money. And if I'm so attached to that outcome, and I'm so optimistic and so positively attached to the deal. I can't hear my intuition saying like, hey, maybe we should dig a little deeper before we're willing to like, you know, go up mm-hmm. to whatever number. Or maybe we should, you know, double check our, our numbers first. Maybe we should slow down. Or maybe we should just say no. Maybe we should just say, hey, no, we decided ahead of time, logically, without emotional attachment, this is our deal matrix and this one doesn't fit. So we're not going to do it, you know, like because those positive emotions can sometimes make us overlook our sound logic that we implemented before we were emotionally attached to something in a positive way. And so positive emotion can do the same thing. Right. You also set yourself up for like failure in a certain sense when you're too positively attached. You know, I use the outcome of like I'm going to hire this restaurant or this retail location manager. And it's gonna be great, it's gonna free me up from this, and they're gonna be amazing, and I love this person, and they're gonna be my best hire ever. And then they disappoint you, because you weren't level, right? As opposed to saying like, hey, I know this is what I need to do to improve my business and to scale. I'm gonna hire this manager. I also know there's a possibility they might not be the right fit. I've done everything I can, everything I know how to do right now, on the front end to prevent that from happening but there's still a possibility that this person isn't going to like their job or they're going to leave. And so I need to be prepared for that. Should it happen? Even though I don't think it's going to, you know, like, and so then when that person does, and there's a difference between that and being a pessimist, that's just a very, like I'm understanding all the possibilities. So I'm not setting myself up for extreme disappointment and like emotional spiral. And also I think they're the right person because I've done everything I can do. I don't see any reason why this wouldn't work out. But if it doesn't, I'm prepared for that outcome too. Right? The pessimistic approach is, oh, everybody leaves. Whenever I hire somebody, they just leave. They don't like to work here. Nobody likes to work retail. It's a crappy job. They only stay for five months. And then I'm back at square one again. That's pessimism. But a balance of positive and negative emotions is understanding that both can happen. And if it works out the way I want it to, I'm going to be ecstatic. And if it doesn't, I'm going to go back to the drawing board and figure out what I didn't know that would have allowed me to make a better decision.
1: Yeah, I think that it, we, we see that a lot, right, with people, with hiring, uh, specifically with what we do on our So Talent team. And, you know, this one hire is going to solve all my problems. Well, no, probably not, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Like, if you're being realistic, this, this hire, if it's the right fit, and, you know, there's the right infrastructure and all the different things that go into making sure somebody can be successful in a role. Like, yes, if those things line up and this person, and that this person is the right person, then yeah, this is going to be great. But there's so much risk, like inherent risk with a lot of what you do in business that you have to be kind of on the optimistic side of neutral, right? Because if you get too far to one side, if the opposite happens, you're going to crumble right? You're going to be like really disappointed or you're just going to be really, you know, dug in if you were already kind of approaching something negatively and then something bad happens. You're like, well, I knew that. And then you're just going to, you know, put yourself in a deeper hole emotionally and just coming into the next challenge with a, with a negative emotion, with all that baggage. And so that's why I think we can go back to that initial part, like I think we've laid out plenty of examples for people to kind of relate to where like emotional mastery is kind of the key to be able to grow and scale your business and deal with the problems that are undoubtedly going to come. Um, but then, you know, getting a coach or getting some, side of, some sort of mentor where you can learn these skills and then putting them into practice in your daily life is probably going to be the best way to, to help kind of guard yourself um, and build up this kind of I don't want to say harsh exterior, but a, a realistic exterior about what the challenges are that you're probably going to be facing.
0: Yeah. And I think, um, you know, if I could say like, I, don't, I honestly, you know, don't know how much more we have to cover today, but like, if I could honestly say people take away one thing from this, it's start to have a recognition of when you do this because everybody does it. So just start to recognize like, You're going to keep doing it. I still do it. Like, I'm by no means perfect at this. Um, So start to recognize, like, that's that's probably step one, the biggest step you can make. Just like, oh, I responded to that in a way that was driven by emotion. And whether it's positive or negative, and that's largely the reason I have the outcome that I have. And so I'm not going to continuously repeat that problem. I'm going to step back now and not respond to this emotionally and see what I can do about it.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, awareness, I think, is what you're getting at. I think that's the biggest thing uh, that people can take um, on their journey forward. So uh, anything else you want to add, Lucas? I feel like we, we we covered a lot here in our first episode, and I'm excited to to get it in the books here.
0: No, just excited. Excited for what comes. You know, we're going to line up some great guests. Uh, we're going to add a ton of value. Our mission nourish and Nourish So is to put this content out there for free so you don't have to pay anybody for it. You can do it yourself in your business. Um, and we hope to just continue to put out as much of that as we can, and we're here to help too. So feel free to reach out. Um, you have questions along the way, and and need guidance in your journey.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us today, Lucas. As usual, we'll be uh, co-hosting this uh, throughout the rest of you know, or at minimum, the rest of the year, uh, and then we'll be uh, just looking forward to having people connect. They can always reach out to us um, through whatever platform they're consuming this on. So thanks again for joining us guys. And we'll see you on our next episode.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of So You Can Grow. Please be sure to like, subscribe and review wherever you get your podcasts. To connect with us, email podcast at